devil a tag team We keep a black and blue theme My guy be Shawn Michaels too is Mario Gennetti Too many secrets like Hetty But keeps me in the mix like spaghetti Speeding through life, Mario and Dreddy Fast but steady, I walk the danger zone Folks want to dead me I knew it wasn't my hood But it was no other way to get home I did want you what is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I've seen things a little differently. This is your episode two review of Secret Invasion. I've watched it a couple times now. Um, and as I said in my Fight Forever review, I'm just going to review that here real quick. I'm going to drop episode three later on on this Wednesday. Um, I'm, not, I'm recording it the week before, obviously, but uh, I'm going to drop episode three and we'll just do it week by week and stay up to date with it since you guys are enjoying my since you guys really enjoyed that last review um let's get right into it so episode two picks right up with nick fury uh, over maria hill's body and talos who's in disguise takes him and forces him into the back of a van and drives off meanwhile you have the, the um the scroll we met in episode one who took over that american's body and mine saying i'm american i'm american to me that was the only part that was kind of cheesy about it was i don't think people talk like that <laughs> i don't think anyone's gonna just sit there and say i, I obviously i they're trying to incite a war i understand that but that's what you let the russians know it's not real by someone just screaming how american they are but anyways um i i think a lot of this just me being clear here i think a lot of this is misdirection I think a lot of this is misdirection because, I, and I say that because I don't think the limp and the wheezing is fake. I think he's not in fighting shape. He's been gone. Last time we saw the motherfucker, he literally had his shoes off, pretending to be on a beach and and drinking a mimosa or whatever the fuck it was he was drinking. Right. So I don't think that's fake. I think he's out of fighting shape. No air quotes. There, you see me doing air quotes. However, I don't think he's three steps behind like they think he is. I think he's just gathering information. We see in this episode, he's still the ultimate spy. He started off by telling a story the same way he told a story to Captain America, Steve Rogers, and Winter Soldier about the elevator and his grandfather being on elevators. And that's how he got more out of Steve Rogers. Even though Steve Rogers wasn't hiding anything, it's, it was a setup for the helicarriers, right? He got he he told the story about being on a, a bus with his a train with his mom, excuse me, to get more information out of Talos. Now it, it where uh, Gravik has five hundred people on his camp. We find out that that all the scrolls are now on Earth, and it's over a million of them. As after Fury disappeared, that Talos called them all to uh, Earth and thought that. His hope is that scrolls and humans can coexist. And Nick Fury immediately cut him off saying humans can exist with humans. And you've seen that. And you want, you think this is going to help? Which is a good fucking point there. I think every scene that Nick Fury had one-on-one -on -one in this particular uh, episode was masterful. If Don Cheadle got an Emmy nomination, which he did... For him walking up to Anthony Mackie's character of Sam Wilson saying, hey man, why don't you take on the mantle? That's all he said in that scene. And got an Emmy nomination. Emmy nominations should be sent out for these two scenes alone. But we're going to get to that second scene in a minute. 
I love the anger, the frustration he shows, and still the, na the, the naiveness of Talos. Now, some people think Talos is the ultimate villain here. Some people think he's the ultimate bad guy. I'm not sold on that. I, As I said last week, I am very much sold on the fact that Gravik is not the big bad. He is the person that's hiding the shadow of the bad guy, right? So I don't, and I, I, I don't know who that is. And you know what? I don't have any theories about it, and I love it. Like I've only I've watched uh, Screen Crushers Ryan Airy and New Rock Stars um, Eric Voss. They've always theories. It's their job to have those theories. They're, they're they're popular YouTubers. I don't care enough to, and I don't want to, because I don't want to ruin these last four episodes. Like I'm truly enjoying, not even thinking that far, just thinking about what I'm seeing right now, right? And so, the only issue is here's my thing: if Talos invited the other ones. Really, Gravik's pull can only be so strong if his gimmick is he's grabbing the people that Fury made promises to. He only made promises to a very small portion of the scrolls. He didn't make promises to the other ones. So that's where I can see why they would say Talos is the ultimate villain here, which would be maybe a chill thing. But once again, there's more to his wife's death. We don't even know how the, how the woman died. She's she's gone. That's very strange, bro. We've seen this person twice. Saw her in Captain Marvel, and we saw her at the end of Spider-Man, uh, the second Spider-Man, which wasn't which was what? Homecoming was the first. No Way Home was the third, and the second one. I don't know what the second one was. It was a home theory theme, though. Either way, we've only seen this person twice. Her screen time has been limited. All of a sudden, we're just, she's dead? Just the fishy about that, bro. I don't, I'm not going to say she's not dead, but here's my thing. Maria Hill is definitely dead. We know that woman is dead. I don't know Talos enough to trust him to say she's dead. Who to say she's not hiding? He's in hiding. So I don't know. I, that part's kind of eh, fishy to me. But I love this scene. You see the, you see the, you see Fury getting information like he used to. You see him kind of getting back to his old ways. You see him, you see his confidence building as he's seeing who's on his side and who's not on his side. Fast forward to the scene that got me hot in the pants and I got turned on and I have no problem saying it, baby. Don Cheadle and Samuel L. Jackson is the first time they shared the screen in a Marvel film. Think about this. Don Cheadle's been around since Iron Man 2, right? He's been in Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3. Avengers Age of Ultron. He's been in Endgame. He was in uh, Infinity War. That's five movies. We've never seen these two men talk ever. Oh, and he was in Civil War, excuse me. Cheetah was. We've never seen these two men talk before, Ever. This is the first scene where we get the politics of racial, which I know, I know you woke people love that, right? I know you people who hate the woke crowd love that, right? Talking about how black men had limited power and to fight for it and stuff like that. And you have this scene. Let me, in fact, let me even rewind. Now you have Don Cheeto's uh, roadie. He's, he's at uh, essentially a courtesy to the other governments of the world 
hearing out what may or may not have happened between Maria Hill and Nick Fury, even though there's no footage of them actually, like, doing anything. But it's CCTV footage of them being there, right? No one even acknowledges in this scene how Maria Hill is dead. They're just saying she's there. So she caused an issue, but she died. I, that's what I'm like. I, I found that to be fishy. But we have already realized, after seeing who Gravik met, how already the scrolls have infiltrated this entire world and country. I mean, Earth, excuse me. They're already in prime positions of power. So anyways. We've seen that scene where Gravik becomes the lead head of uh, the scrolls. And he lets one scroll go that fights back because he knows that she's going to call Talos. So it's a setup to get Talos out in the dark. I still maintain. No, you know what? I, I, here's, my, here's my thing. I had a theory. I don't know if I said it on this show or not, but I had a theory on another podcast I did that I felt Talos was going to die in this. I, I'm going to stick with that. I think Talos is going to die. How he dies, I don't know. But I think he's going to die. Anyways. So fast forward, we have Don Cheadle. Excuse me, with Rhodey and Fury talking, and Fury saying, "Help a brother out," and 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 Rhodes is saying, "No, you're fired. Like, no, like you 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 are out." And then he said, "I'm Nick Fury. Even when I'm out, I'm still in." That right there was a flash of Nick Fury getting back to himself. A flash. And to me, this scene did nothing more. They make people believe that Don, people have been saying Rhodey has been a, a, a scroll since scrolls were introduced into the MCU. People have no one get. I don't think I don't care what anyone says. No one person that I can remember has guessed that. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Everett Ross was a scroll. No one guessed that. Now we have so many. Now supposedly the director said everything will be answered. So anyone who is a scroll that we see who's a scroll, they're going to be, you know, we're going to find out their history. Remember, last time we saw Ross, he was being saved by the Midnight Angels. So does that mean that whoever captured him captured the Midnight Angels as well? It's a question no one's asking. That's a very important question no one's asking. And I've watched, and I've gone my way to watch breakdowns, because because I'm I, when these thoughts come in my head, I usually like to wait and do my podcast first before I give these, uh, before I watch anything. But I said, I, I want to see if anyone else is talking about this. The two, the two or three videos I've watched, no one's talking about that. So they have Ross, they got Ross beforehand, you know, or Ross overpowered the Midnight Angels and did that. But that's, I don't see that. Makes things more interesting to me. Anyways, this scene did nothing but make people believe Rhodey's a scroll even more. People have been saying he's a scroll since they were introduced. I would love it. I, I said this before. I would love if he's not a scroll. I think it would throw everything up. Everyone's been guessing he's a fucking scroll. And, and dude, I, I've actually, when I've been bored at work, I've legit looked at theories. Nothing is leaked about this show that I can see. No, like, plant, pe- the last, what, three movies I've seen? Um, No Way Home. Ant Man. Even the Flash. Now the Flash was seen. Every, every, everyone in their mom saw the fucking Flash, but even the Flash, even Guardians of the Galaxy, there was like leaked 
full scripts of this movie that were pretty fucking accurate, actually, of these movies. Nothing is leaked about this fucking TV show. Nothing that I've found. If it has Highlight Player, let me know so I can go and see. But, like, that keeps me even more intrigued of how they've kept this all together. But more importantly, how do I put this? More importantly, I think it would throw everything off if we find out that not not only is Rhodey not a scroll, but like he has been himself the entire time. Because I don't, because here's my thing. In the comics, it has happened, it's precedent, that even though you're they're a scroll, they get close to people. Like we, the scene we saw in Endgame with Rhodey crying over Tony Stark. I mean, if he's been a scroll, he's still been his best friend. You know what I'm saying? Um, but if he's a scroll, it wouldn't be that big of a surprise anymore. Like everyone's been calling for it. Essentially, I'm hoping he's not. And I'm hoping that the one of the big twists is the fact that he's not one, and he legitimately got into the position he's in. Essentially, to help the Avengers more, because I think even though we don't know what his his rank is still Colonel, even Nick Fury was like, "Hey, you you don't know your position," and he said, "You really want to play who's is bigger right now?" Like to me, whose position? What position is he? We don't know. If if anything, I, you know, what I think it is for anyone who saw X Men: The Last Stand. Give me a chance before you shut this podcast off now. Beast was like a liaison between the mutants and the, and the president. He was like a special liaison. I'm thinking that's what more of what Rhodey is. Is he's a li- he's a liaison? Remember, in She-Hulk, the Sokovian Accords have been rescinded, so they no longer exist. So heroes are, are literally all over the place. So I think he's more of a liaison between the heroes and politics. And then even and Rhodey was the one who said, hey, you know, maybe we should call our friends. Now, who are these friends? Does this t- and in the timeline has Sam uh has Sam uh Wilson taken on the mantle at this point? You know? Um so like is is this like after this these events? If that's the case, I thought the Avengers would know more. You know, like they seem to have gone their own way. Literally, Hulk is going to Sakaar to pick up children. You know, you know. So, like, I don't, we don't know where this is at. Now, obviously, Nick Fury was right because hey, they get into a battle with the scrolls. All of a sudden, the scrolls imitate them, and now they become terrorists. Um, but Rhodey was also right in saying this: only Nick Fury can stop them. I'm gonna say this: that would be highly disappointing. I'm not saying that we need to have a bunch of cameos from Avengers. No. But if Nick Fury is the only one that can take them down, I'm rolling my eyes currently. I know you guys can't see because it's an audio medium. But I I call bullshit. So there's there's more help to come, I I believe. I will say this. It does make all the sense in the world for Odie to be a scroll because we could see him, remember, the reason why he couldn't wear a lot of Tony Stark's outfits in uh, Iron Man 3 is because those were strictly for Robert Downey Jr., uh, Tony Stark's DNA. And so, Rhodey having the armor, it's obviously going to be, it could be destroyed, it could be used for, for wrongdoing. Armor Wars in the comics 
and what the movie will be about because it's not it's not a tv show anymore it's a movie what the movie will be about is about Rhodey protecting tony stark's legacy and doing right by whoever does his thing wrong so it makes sense for storyline wise it makes perfect sense for Rhodey to be a scroll it does it really does i'm not gonna sit here and deny that fact to me some things make too much fucking sense Sometimes some people just act on their like we Rhodey in the MCU has already proven to be a man that works within the system. He does not like working from without outside the system. He literally beat Iron Man up, took one of his suits and brought it to uh, the military himself. So I, I'm just saying I, I will, I'm okay with him not being with him not being a scroll, but if he it's a scroll, it makes perfect sense. And also when you see when we see these people wake up from being you know essentially trapped they're gonna have a lot to answer for not, not them but they're, they're gonna feel like they have a lot to answer for because they missed so much and if rody has been a scroll for so long excuse me that means he missed tony's death that means he missed a lot of shit you know he was he was one of the people that wasn't dusted you know also that's the thing also in the blip were any scrolls dusted could they be affected by it i assume they could be because it's living planet uh living if they're all living on earth you know it's any living thing on earth you know but it's like we we haven't explored that part of it and i don't know if we will explore that part of it but Rhodey was one of the people that was not destined Rhodey was a huge part of endgame he connected with nebula you know he's the one that was able to to, to calm tony down and you know whatever um so a lot more questions. In the last scene, we've seen that uh, Nick Fury is married. And, dude, everything's misdirection. I think people are thinking way too deep about this. She's a scroll. It's not surprising that he'll be married to a scroll. The way they shot it was on purpose to throw... It was clearly done this way on fucking purpose. She's cutting onions. He comes home. All of a sudden, she changes back in. And the one we we knew we already knew Nick Fury, Fury was married because he said in Winter Soldier, I I love all the callbacks to what some people say is the greatest MCU movie of all time. We have so many callbacks to Winter Soldier where Nick Fury said all these things. He said he was married. And once again, when he's in the house, he has to wear the wedding ring because it makes sense for him to not have a wedding ring on when he's out and about. You know why? It makes him a target. It makes people look deeper into. He hid fucking Clint Barton's wife. He knows how to protect people's families, including his own. Um, so no, I think he fully knows that this woman's a scroll. Why she changed in? Who knows? She knows she, the wife knows what's going on. She she knows like he may come home with somebody. I mean, not come home with somebody. You know, I it was it was intentionally shot that way to make it seem like it's a cliffhanger. I. That is a least cliffhangerous thing. I made that word up. Yes, cliffhangerous is not a fucking word. But that is the least cliffhangerous thing that there has been about this show so far. I truly believe he knows that this fucking woman's a scroll. And he, and he married her on purpose. I think he fell in love, married her, good. And that may be to his advantage because who knows how many people that know that they are married. So anyways, that is your episode two review. I enjoyed this episode. I'm enjoying the show. Can't wait till next Wednesday. 
to watch it. It's going to be a long time before I fucking watch it because I have a long day, but it'll be worth it. So um, I am this little chemical. This is I see things a little differently, and we are out.